When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Ooh, that was a good one. So, hi everyone, welcome back to a another another episode of this glorious podcast that has been really the light of my life recently. It's really been keeping me going and I mean, the thing that's keeping it going are the amazing dramas that I've been enjoying. Um, And recently, I have been swamped with drama watching. And um, in the process of being swamped, (laughs) I've been still, you know, jumping in to kind of record these episodes because they are kind of like, it's kind of like record keeping for me, giving, you know, my final thoughts or my kind of midpoint reactions to a drama that I'm watching. It's been wonderful to have this kind of stamp. And so today I am able to do this yet again with a drama that I will go ahead and spoil um, for you all that I absolutely adored. Um, So I'm not going to hold off on my kind of final thoughts on this drama. I'm going to tell you right up front, I thoroughly enjoyed. So this is my final review of mine. The recently um, finished um, K-drama, Netflix original K-drama. It, um, I think, ended, I mean, it after Vincenzo ended, which you know I kind of ran with for a while there, after Vincenzo ended, I felt like there was like a missing kind of like space in my life. Um, and mine did jump in right after Vincenzo ended and kind of, you know, took over that kind of Saturday, Sunday um, hole that I had, that Vincenzo had left for me. And it has been a ride, a wonderful, glorious ride. So let me go ahead and give you a quick kind of summary of the drama, mine, um, before I go into any more of my final thoughts um, and review of this K-drama, because I'm pretty sure I've already given away a lot. <laughs> but yes, let's go over the the just kind of quick sto- summary. So mine is... I don't even want, I want to just go ahead and say this outright. Mine is such a soap opera. I said that in my midpoint review of this drama and it's held true all the way to the end. It had all the twists and turns of a soap opera without the kind of drag time of a soap opera. It was absolutely fantastic, but either way. Okay. So quick summary. Mine, um, tells the story of a few different women. The two main women that we um, get introduced to are um, So Hisu um, and Jung So Hyun. Those are our two kind of main um, characters, our two main female protagonists. And they are both um, married into this very, very wealthy family. Um, Hisu used to be an actress, very kind of well-known, but she kind of put her career on hold to marry into this family and to raise a son. Um, We do find out pretty early on that that son is not her actual biological son. Her husband had this son before she came into the picture. And then you also have Jung So Hyun, who is also married into this family, but she actually came from a rich um, family background. So she was kind of a business deal. Her marriage was a business deal with the two kind of wealthy families. And she immediately kind of takes on a very head um, honcho role in the family, even though she again is this kind of woman who comes, marries in. 
the family kind of is all over the place, to say the least. And so she is kind of like a very stable um, figure in the family. And she kind of runs things behind the scenes um, because her her husband, who is the elder son of the family, is just an absolute <laughs> waste of space. <laughs> Sorry, that I could have put that a lot simpler or nicer but he is just incompetent that's that's basically the case and she kind of takes on the role that he technically should be taking on um and he has a son as well who again is not her biological son but is actually um from a previous marriage or relationship that he's had so again, you have these two beautiful women who are married into this very um, wealthy family, um, one to the um, the oldest son and one to the youngest son. Um, they also have a younger daughter in this wealthy family that they're married into, but she's a kind of whole other character. But either way, you have these two beautiful women married into this family and they have a lot going for themselves individually, yet they're tied to this family and that this family and how they run their lives is ran by the family and they each have children who are not their biological children however in um so so hyun's case her son it's uh, you know her kind of stepson is older much older he's you know in his 20s and he has been abroad most of his you know life so she's never really had to um you know, actually raise him. Um, he was shipped off pretty early on. But in the start of the drama, he does return. And then you also have Hisu, who's, and differently from Sohyun, who is immediately kind of bonded to her um, stepson, if you want to say, but when she first meets him at the age of three, she absolutely loves that son. She has been raising him. He is now at the age of around seven or eight, I want to say seven. And she has raised him up to this point. Um, she feels like even more so than, you know, obviously her husband has, even though, you know, she feels like they have a good relationship, a good marriage. She's raised her son. She, that is her son. She is his mother. That is kind of our introduction into these two women. However, with all of that does come the rest of the family <laughs> and some other people who actually join in, the, um, who also are kind of take place um, or take part in the family. I will say that before I continue with the summary, I probably will go ahead and give a spoiler alert here because I, I'm going to, after I finish this summary, I'm just going to be talking and I'm definitely going to be talking about all of the happenings in this drama. So there definitely will be spoilers. So I won't be holding back. So if you don't want to be spoiled about the final um, few episodes of this drama after my bid point, um, you definitely want to stop here. But I, if you want to stick around and hear more spoilers or more about the final um, few episodes or final episodes of this drama, um, stick around. So now let's talk about the other people in this family um, and the other people involved with this family. So we have our two main protagonists, our female protagonists taken care of. Um, but then we have those two husbands who are the, who are brothers. And I'm saying that with air quotes around it, um, to the brothers of the family, the older brother, um, Jin Ho, again, he's basically an alcoholic. He's incompetent. He doesn't really care about the business side of things yet. He wants the position either way, kind of head honcho of the, of the, of the group of the family, but he's not comp competent enough. So that's, pointless for him to wish for that and then you have his younger brother um who is ji young he is very capable of running the the, the their group he's running the company he could you know, be the chairman any day. Um, that's how competent he is. And he, we find out, has continued to do that or to work hard to be able to do that because he felt like he's always had to prove himself um, so that he can earn whatever he was earning in this family. We end up finding out why that was the case, but I'm going to save that for later. And then you also have the actual chairman of the group, and as in the father of this family. He is Chairman Han Suk Chol. Um, and he, when we kind of get introduced to this, the story, he immediately goes into kind of like he has a heart attack or something and he is hospitalized and in a coma. So he, he goes into a coma like right out the gate in the drama. And that 
gives us um, time to see what this family gets up to now that the chairman has been indisposed in a way. So that's um, kind of a good, that was a little plot point there. Um, But we find out a lot more about him as the story goes on and, you know, his role in how he raised his children and whatnot. And then we also have his wife, who's the actual matriarch of the family and her name is Yang Suhye but she is though though she is the matriarch she absolutely has no business doing dealing with anything pertaining to their business she is quite hysterical that is the best way to describe her she's a hysterical character she she kind of flies off the you know the hat at a whim at any moment she likes to scream and yell she likes to whine and cry she always wants her way she doesn't want to do anything but kind of like sit around and like eat (laughs) and I'm saying that in like a very endearing way because I found I as I continue to watch the drama I ended up liking her a lot more despite the fact that she's not supposed to be very likable she actually you know played her part very well the character is well positioned in the storyline so I actually really did like her towards the end there and then you also have the youngest daughter in the family and that's Han Jihee um she is a is the splitting splitting image of her mother she's the exact same way she's a hothead she has a temper she um is accused of beating up her husband multiple times and she's basically a brat um which again similar to her mother they're bratty um and she's always been bratty that's just kind of her mo but we do see her kind of try to work on that towards the end there um but she's a brat to say the least um but that's basically the family and again we have the two um kind of children in the story uh, which are um so hyun's son older son and stepson and then hisu's younger son and so they considered and those two actually consider themselves very close like brothers so that was a cute little kind of thing i thought they threw in there at the end um but continuing mind you this is a very 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 wealthy family this is um when they like the chebor families and so they live in this absolutely gorgeous mansion that to this day i want to know where it is in korea like where is this place and is it even a house it's so extravagant and the architecture is just kind of out of this world it does not look like a home i'm gonna be honest um obviously they were living in there but you mostly saw a lot of sets where it was like the office or like the kitchen kind of area. So I'm like, was this really a home, you know? And like, is this actually a home in Korea? Um, But the way that the mansion to me is designed, it looks very much like a museum. And as I mentioned in my midpoint review about this drama, art and and the actual museum is very very prevalent in the first half of the drama and it's tied to um our main one of our main protagonists so hyun she's actually a part of that's what she does um she's a i guess you want to say she I, she owns a museum kind of thing curator whatever but she art is her mo so i will mention that a little bit more as i talk about my kind of final thoughts how that played into the actual story But either way, um, there are tons of people who also work in this home, this mansion, to keep it going and keep it running. The kind of like staff um, of the home. And so it's a lot of different, you know, maids and and housekeepers and things like that. And they're all um, very important characters as well in this story. Again, the way they were able to piece in these different I mean, not even different. These these characters that are side characters or supporting characters and have them fit in to the story so well and blend them in and have it make sense. And they didn't seem, you know, frivolous characters like they made their characters worthwhile and you kind of went along with their journeys a little bit. So I really, really enjoyed even the side characters in this drama, but they are also very, very important. Um, for example, we are introduced to two other main um, kind of female protagonists in the story at the very beginning of this drama, and they are kind of considered a part of the staff in the mansion. And with that, we have um, you, um, Kim Yoo Young. She is um, a young, young girl who gets kind of she, she gets pulled away from her job that she was doing, which was being a pre-K um, teacher or something of the sort, or assistant 
teacher. Um, she's her family is in a lot of debt, so she works really hard to kind of provide for her family, and that's her main kind of mo. Um, he sue takes a liking to her, brings her into the family as help when she can't work at her preschool job anymore. She, but she takes her in as a housekeeper, and then you also have um, Lee. He, he, Lee Hajin, who also went by in the first half of the drama Kang Jak Young, but that was, you know, her hiding her real identity, which is Hajin. Um, but these, two, but she is comes in through um, through So Hyun. So So Hyun hires her um, and as a tutor for Hajun. Uh, well, she doesn't hire her for his tutor. She actually hires her for, you know, so, like actual housekeeper. But then at the last minute, they decide that she's going to be um, Hajun, who is Hisu's little son. She's going to be his tutor while while the other um, new newly hire, new hire is going to be and be that housekeeper in her house, um, So Hyun tells. So that was really funny that they did that, but that was introduced very early on, that they came in different ways, but then they made a switch kind of subtly after, you know, as they were getting interviewed, if you would say. Um, but Heejin is, and this is where the spoiler comes in, she is actually, she is finessed her way back into this mansion or into this mansion because she is actually the birth mother of Hisu's son, Hajun. She is the actual birth mother. So she had a relationship with Ji Young, who is the youngest son of the family and had his baby. But of course, the family was not really accepting of that. And he kind of you know, pretended like she had died. And when Hisu came in, that was kind of the story that this you know, his birth mother died in a car accident. So, you know, she's nowhere to be found. However, she's alive and well. And they, he actually is the one that brings her back in, um, which was just messy. It was all the, that was all the mess. That was the mess. And that was the first half of the drama. And it was like, oh, torturous. Cause they're like sneaking around behind Hisu's back, you know, actually like having like a little mini affair there. She's, you know, taking Hajun, which is the little boy, you know, taking him, you know, not away from his mother, but she technically is. She's trying to coax him into wrecking, you know, being with her and his father in a long time. So basically it was very the hand that rocks the cradle-esque where she was trying to fit herself into the life um, that Hisu had already kind of built in that home. And she was doing that kind of work. Come to find out, you know, all of that gets revealed and Heejin and um, Hisu end up joining forces because they find out a lot of information about Ji Young, <laughs> if you can imagine. <laughs> um, but either way, there are other staff um, in the house that are also very important, like the main kind of housekeeper. Her name is um, Minsu. She is very important character as she is... Um, She's a very important character. Then you also have Kim Song Tae, another important character. Um, there are other smaller characters in that kind of mix, but they all kind of help support this overarching kind of plot line in the drama that is introduced to us very early on in the first kind of episode that we're doing a kind of... Um, we're, we're see, we we're got to see the end of the drama before we, you know, find out how we got there. And the ending was that someone ended up dying. Um, and we find out who ends up dying, um, you know, midpoint through the drama, who the actual person is. And that is Han Ji Young, who is, again, the youngest um, son of this family. And yeah. So, <laughs> oh, and there's Mother Emma. I have to mention Mother Emma. She's also a very, very important character. Um, she's like the support group um, of these these people. They come to her to seek, you know, her advice and her guidance and her wisdom. And that kind of um, religious or spiritual aspect is kind of threaded throughout the entire drama. And I thought that was interesting that they chose to do that as well. Um, then you have 
you know, other side characters that are also just as important, but I don't have time to go into all of them. So yes, that is basically the kind of gist of the story that we are introduced to this family and the messy doings of them as far as there is someone who actually gets murdered in this family and it involves you know this this idea that a woman was brought in to pretend to not be the birth mother of someone's son but then actually ends up revealing it and they're like fighting for that um yeah so the 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 show is called mine um and so obviously there are a lot of things here that are connected to that kind of concept so first things first it's definitely have a lot to do with the um, plot line regarding Hajun, who's the young boy, um, a young son of um, Hisu and Heijin. And I'm going to say and because um, in this story, those two women are obviously put in a position where they are trying to prove that this boy is theirs, that he is mine. Um, That is where one of the main concepts of mine is. And I absolutely think the messiness that came from all of that, oh my goodness, this is what I mean by the drama did so well with it being very soap opera-esque and having those messy moments and messy plots, yet still not taking it too far and making it just so messy that it became silly kind of thing because the point of them fighting over him fighting over this little boy and being like he's mine he's mine only to come to this point towards at the end of the drama where they decide to raise this boy together I mean uh, that was such a great point of the drama um the fact that the whole kind of basis was them fighting over this little boy and him you know realizing that he's you know he's mine no he's mine I gave birth to him but I raised him he gave birth I'm back I'm fine I'm alive I'm alive I should have my son back you know that kind of concept was throughout the very first half of the drama and that was the main plot line and reasoning um, for some of the demise of this family and kind of the unravelings of this family so it was wonderful to see that though that was such a point of contention to the plot and to these characters how they were able to resolve that in the end with something as you know it wasn't as simple of obviously but they do make a point to note that these two women have decided to raise this little boy um and they even say at the end that you know we're gonna raise him we're gonna do our best to make him the best that we can possibly make him and then we'll part our way separate go our separate ways after this and i thought that was such a nice touch like it's like you know they were not friends in the beginning of this drama by any means they were straight up enemies if you want to be honest and for them to have joined hands at a certain point and be respectful of each other and respectful to each other's roles in this little boy's life man done so well done so well I mean you can't get better than that for it to have been so messy in the beginning for it to kind of turn over that leaf and be that at the end done so well such a great job um, another aspect of kind of like mine is obviously this company, um, this this fa- who wants to be the chairman of this kind of um, group or table family. They are fighting over it. They want everybody wants it to be theirs. It's mine. I this is my position. I should be the next chairman. I should be the next. I should be the chairwoman. I it's mine. That is another concept of mine here, and I think. That is, to me, typical. I feel like you see that in a lot of other kind of dramas about a Chebol family. Um, but what I did like here was that, again, it was tied to this idea of, like, birthright again. Um, because you have the eldest son, who technically, if you go by the stereotypical, you know, who should be the next in line to something it's due to it's, it's, it's usually connected to birthright. So the oldest son, um, Jinho, who is absolutely incompetent and should absolutely not be the chairman of this company you know he should not have the role as chairman you know it's not his just because he's you know is a birthright um yet you have the youngest son um jean young who believes that it is his because he's worked the hardest to take it to get to the position to um inherit this um this position, this chairman position, only to find only for us to find out that he does not have any birthright as he is not a biological son um, to the actual chairman of the group. So that was fascinating as well to see like someone feeling like something is theirs. Um, 
outside of what they typically are being told. And they're like, I still feel like it's mine because I've worked for it. It's still mine. Um, but people are telling you, no, you don't deserve that because you, you don't have um, the birthright. Something as simple as like, you know, you're, you, you're, you don't have the right to it. But you're like, I know it's mine. I worked for it. So that was interesting. But then you also have um, Sohyun, who is married into the family. She's and she's a woman and she believes she can run this company. It should be mine. This chair, chairwoman position should be mine. You know, she also has that concept in place as well. And I thought that was, again, the, the, the concept of different ways they were presenting people wanting things to be theirs or what people thought were theirs or, you know, what is mine. I thought that was so well done because you had something as simple as a child being not simple, something as complicated as a birth mother wanting claim of her child versus a mother who's like, no, I've been raising him. So he's mine. And he calls me mother. He's, he, he knows I'm his mother. You know, those two women and those two people fighting over this son being theirs. Um, and then something like a company, which involves a lot of other different things and being um, fighting for the right for it to be yours. Um, but another thing that I thought was interesting and the drama actually uh, pulled this out right at the end and I love that they did this, but this kind of concept of mine tied to um, actually, you know, your life, <laughs> you know, your life is all that's yours kind of thing. And I thought that was wonderful because I did feel like there was a point in the drama where I started to see that um, come through or play out as far as like, that's the real theme of this story. Like people recognizing that well, that's all that's yours, you know, <laughs> you know, you making your decisions for your life and you controlling where you're going to go in life that is all that is yours, really, you know? And I thought that was a beautiful concept. And if you've listened to me in my previous episodes, you know I can get very, you know, soft and philosophical and flowery about things like these kind of grander concepts or kind of abstract concepts of life, like, you know, that being the only thing that's really yours here. It's just you kind of making decisions and your free will and you making moves according to how you want your life to go. All of that is yours. You know, your opinions, your decisions, that's yours. Um, Because at the very end of the drama, there is something, there is a mention where they're like, I want to say there's a, a very important line that kind of sums it all up. And it's right, which again was a beautiful ending. The two ladies at the end, I cannot stand them. I'm sorry. They they try the two the the ending shots of this drama were amazing. Um, but they are talking to kind of like a voiceover, and you hear them kind of responding to Mother Emma again. Mother Emma is plays this role where she is kind of like a confidant, um, but also um, a wise sage in a way, um, but she's really just a nun. <laughs> but she, but they are talking to her in this voiceover and she kind of tells her like, you know, Mother Emma, you know, the only thing that you really have um, that is yours is this ability to love yourself, you know, and that's, that's all that's yours, you know, the ability and the right to take care of yourself and do what's best for yourself. And I think I start to see that um, in the drama in relation to um, two key points. Um, I think one of the key points was actually with um, with Sohyun. Sohyun's character is um, a lesbian. She is not out, obviously. she That is a point of shame and stress for her um, being found out Um, and she can't be openly with the woman that she actually really loves because of this and we also start to see I at least for me I started to see the kind of concept of like all that really is yours is your life and you making decisions that's best for you 
and uh, loving yourself and being open to yourself being who you're supposed to be and it was because of her character because she actually is um, in love with this um, woman that she I guess has known growing up and her name is Susie Choi and they grew up together like they knew each other when they were teenagers I'm assuming and you know they had a relationship then however because of her position, her having to marry into this family, things like that, they could not keep up the kind of affair, I would say, because she was married at this point. Um, so Sung Hyung lets this woman go, but they're both artists. Um, and this is where I was going to say the art kind of concept or motif comes into this drama. They're both artists. And there's a beautiful kind of scene in an episode, I couldn't tell you, but it was an episode where um, in the episode, she comes back into town. Susie Choi, um, the love of So Hyung's life, comes back into town. And again, um, she's the owner of a museum. So, you know, they're getting pieces and things like that. And she is one that they're kind of get the works for. And Susie Choi is trying to see her. She wants to see meet up with her and she's avoiding her, avoiding her. And then she eventually you know, gives in and meets up with her. And it's a beautiful moment that they have in like a little art kind of studio gallery thing. And she gives her a picture and she's like, I want you to finish this. And it's a, like a picture of the, them two, like like their little backs um, sitting on like the ocean side. And one side is a, like a wing. And then there's another space on the page that another wing should go. So she tells her, you know, go back to your art, you know, and you finish this piece. And that basically, when she was able to finish that piece, that was when she was able to recognize like, hey, I have to wake up about myself. I have to get up and do something about myself. Um, and she she finishes the piece and it's so beautiful and it's wonderful. But this idea of art, um, she even says in this that wonderful scene that she, um, So Hyung says to Susie that, she was like her piece of artwork. She basically feels like what has become of her was like something she's done. It was like her art. And when I got, when I heard that, I was like, okay, there's, that's how art's coming into play. Because the way that even the house, um, is is designed. It looks to me like an art gallery. It looks like it should be a museum. And all of these people in here, these characters in there are, you know, these little pieces of art um, where you recognize that they all take some kind of work and effort to be crafted and molded and created. Some art, however, does not have the best tools, does not have the best, you know, resources, so it may not come out the best, while others are given the best and the piece may look glorious. But what is the actual substance and meaning behind these pieces? Um, when you display them. And I kind of thought that was interesting for me at least. And I'm probably putting this on the drama when it really wasn't anything about that. But for me, I kind of liked looking at it that way as them, these characters all being pieces of artwork. And when you craft a piece of art, you know, when you put in a lot of effort into it, you, you claim it, that's mine, right? So I thought of it as a way of the show showcasing that these people also recognize that you birthing a child is labor, obviously, and, and struggle and pain, but you know, you created that child. So you take claim to it, that child is mine. However, same thing, again, idea of your piece, your art, you raise a child, you're raising a child, you're putting in just as much time and effort and pain and struggle and raising a child that's effort. I'm cra- I'm crafting this this little boy to be someone. I'm I'm the one working, putting my kind of hands to the pottery wheel and crafting this child. So honestly, um, I, he's mine, you know. So I like that idea as well. Same thing with the idea of building a company and building up and working and doing what you're supposed to do to be the best that you can be, so that you can hold a position in this large company. That's effort and work. You're crafting that. You're molding that. You're creating that. Um, so that you can claim it and say, hey, this is mine after all of that labor and work. And so I like the idea of looking at people that way um, as well as like little art pieces, you know, and they're, like I said, different ways. People, art develops in different ways. Um, 
and it's always not the best. It just always doesn't turn out as great work. Um, but at the same time, it's still there is still value there because, for example, Han Ji Young, he is. I wouldn't say he's like the villain of the story. He's the youngest son who has done his best to prove himself to his father, who's not his biological father. Um, and his mother is not his biological mother. His actual biological mother um, died um, and was not happy that he was born. You know, she kind of let him know that um, when he was a child. So this idea of you being unhappy with something that you've birthed, that you created, this you know piece of work um, is this child. And you kind of not owning it and not claiming it leaves that kind of piece vulnerable. You know, if you think about it, what if it doesn't have a place on, you know, in a gallery somewhere to be showcased and, you know, highlighted, you know, what could happen to it? You know, it gets buried. Um, it can get broken. It can get destroyed. And I feel like G Young is a an example of that. He gets broken and destroyed um, growing up because of kind of being displaced. He does not feel he has the right to this family, yet this is his family. (laughs) And so he does his best to work at being the best so that he can take the position and prove himself to his father. However, in this moment, in this time, he's also being corrupted and he's never healed. He's never been okay with what happened in his childhood. He's always felt like he's had to struggle to get to what he was getting to. So he does not turn out to be the best um, or prettiest piece. But at the same time, it makes sense kind of what happens to him and how he became the way that he became. And so Mother Emma, the character who is this family's kind of weird confidant that they take as, like, I mean, they make her <laughs> their confidant. She's like, I'm just a nun down the street, guys. Like, why are you doing this to me? But she's actually connected to the family because she knew um, Hanji Young's mother when he was, um, before he was born, you know, that was her friend. And she's the one that kind of introduced his father, who is not his biological father, to his mother and how um, they kind of started their relationship and how he ended up becoming the son of the family. So, yeah, so she, Mother Emma, she obviously to me is a character that I relate to because I feel like I took the position as an uh, as the watcher, as the audience. I took a position with alongside her, um, where I felt like she was viewing everybody as God's peace, God's work, you know. <laughs> and even though, you know, she saw what was becoming of Ji Young and him being tormented and troubled, she constantly prayed for him. She constantly felt like she could save him. She could help him. You know, she felt sorry for him. You know, she never wanted to give up on him. And I thought, yeah, I get it. You know, I totally got it. You know, it wasn't his fault that he was born, you know, into this life. It it really isn't. Um, but what is his though? What was his that he should have con- took control over? Like they say at the end of the drama, you know, what really is yours is you loving yourself enough to do what's best for your life. That's all that you should take claim of is, you know, what you're going to do to your for your life to make yourself the best you that you can be. That is all that is yours. Um, that's what you should claim as mine. And I think he was an example of not doing that. And thus his death, you know, is to me kind of, it, it does make sense in this drama. And again, as messy as this drama was and how they kind of, you know, threw in a lot of these kind of twists and turns, it's still all tied together with this concept of mine. I think the art kind of motif was very important, at least for me. I definitely could have just been putting this on the drama, but I felt like it was very connected and helped me view the characters all in these own in their own way. Um, even how there's a piece of jewelry that's introduced in the very first episode and it's like so expensive and so rare that, but it keeps trying to, like people keep trying to steal it and take it as theirs. Like it's mine. Um, like that, even that little concept was interesting to me um, as well. So I, 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 I mean, again, as I do sometimes when I really like a drama or I, you know, just period when I'm watching a drama, I feel like I can put a lot on it that may not have been there in the first place. But I feel like this drama had a lot of those kind of deeper meanings that you do have to, um, you have to think about, you have to, you have to, you know, dissect and take your time figuring it out. And I also think 
that the, the story, the drama itself placed a lot of symbols or symbolisms in it um, and motifs. Like, for example, a very big symbol in that drama was the peacock. Um, I I was so fascinated because I, I totally was like, oh, male peacocks, when they, they were talking about the peacocks and how only male peacocks have that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful kind of tail thing. While women, the women, I mean, the female peacocks don't have that at all. And I thought that was fascinating because in this drama, the male characters were absolutely trash. I mean, they were some of the kind of worst people as in representations of people um, as the characters that they were. Uh, I'm not saying the characters did a bad job. I'm saying the actual like their characterizations were like they were horrible people um, or just unlikable. And I think it's always fascinating, like the fact that this peacock that is beautiful and adorned and with these, you know, gorgeous kind of feathers, you know, it was this male peacock and the mother of the matriarch of the family is it's her peacock. It's her bird. And she, you know, Naduka, she always is yelling at him to spread his, you know, his tail, show off his tail. And, it, you know, this peacock is a simple. And I was like wondering, I was like, what else is there about a peacock um, that could connect to this drama? Because I thought there's got to be something about this peacock. There's even a point in the story where the peacock escapes their his, his cage and you know they're everyone's looking for it everyone's looking for it but then the peacock comes back um and she's like that's not him it's not the same peacock and they're like i'm pretty sure there's only one peacock that was flying around and came back um and this idea of like you know peacocks don't even fly that that high i do know that like they don't fly like you know they're kind of like chickens <laughs> i think maybe they fly but they don't fly like that um but yeah, so I was like, what does this peacock mean? And then I was like, okay, let me look into this. And again, like I said, the the Bible and spirituality and Christianity and religion is also tied into this drama. And a peacock is actually a Christian symbol. I was looking into it and it has um, connections to, um, to vanity. And I was like, aha, there we go. There's a lot. Again, with art or things being in a museum, it's supposed to just sit there and look pretty and it has no actual function, you know, things like that. So I was like, that's interesting. But then also it represents kind of um, resurrection, um, the resurrection and eternal life. So it kind of will shed its feathers each year and then like bloom again. So like this idea of like break, basically breaking free and kind of, raising rising again to to a point or be at a point that is better than you were before that is something that does happen with these women um by the end of this drama so I thought that was nice that they had that peacock symbolism there um again it is like a little character itself and I think it was not frivolous again I think a lot of these little points and things that were in this drama that you know at no point did they feel like, why is the scene with the peacock coming up? I never felt that way. I always felt like, what does this mean? Why are they talking about the peacock right now? Like, that was how I felt with this drama. And I love that. Oh, my gosh. Writing. Top tier. Um, and another aspect of kind of like this idea of like a bird and and meaning and symbols um, was at the end of the drama, the very last episode, there was this concept i mean there was this woodpecker like uh, the birds that actually like you know knocking holes into things into trees a woodpecker um at the end of the drama is poking holes in this gorgeous mansion and you're like how is a woodpecker able to even do that but obviously they can but then i was like what does it all mean? Because it's fascinating. Because at the end, you know, um, the matriarch of the family, she's yelling about the peacock. She's like, we can't even get rid of... Well, I'm sorry, the peacock. She's yelling about the woodpecker. She's like, we can't even get rid of a, a woodpecker. This is ridiculous. And she's, you know, yelling about it. And then you see outside the house that there's multiple holes in the house, on the side of the house, and they're trying to repair it. And, um, but it's this woodpecker that has created this. Um, so I was like what does it mean, you know? And I like that 
they threw the woodpecker in. I was like, okay, I got to look this up. And in looking it up, I was a little confused. I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I'm finding anything. But, uh, you know, when people, when you Google random things like meaning and symbolism, you get tons of different things. And one of them was in Christianity, actually, um, because apparently, you know, woodpeckers, they're pecking inside of these trees to devour these bugs and these kind of insects that they feed on, but also are kind of detrimental to the tree that they're they're living in. So they're actually saving the tree by getting eating these bugs, even though they're pecking holes in it, you know? Um, and I think in somewhere I read, you know, just a Google search, it was saying that the woodpecker in Christianity can, rec- you know, resemble or be representative of Jesus coming in and kind of taking the evil and the the bad out of you and being able to kind of save you or saving you in the end um, in that way. And so I thought that was interesting because in the drama, this woodpecker is destroying this home and kind of picking, pecking at it and taking, um, you know, and I was like, it could just mean that it's there to take the kind of remaining evil, you know, ways that are left behind in that house out of it. And I just thought maybe that was one of the kind of meanings behind it. But I think there was a meaning behind it. I don't think this drama did anything frivolously. I think they put everything where they put it on purpose and I have have to say it worked. I am I can't I can't find any fault with anything that they've done. I think the writer and the director who are both women did an amazing job um, writing and showcasing female protagonists and female characters in this drama. The male characters were trash. <laughs> and that was, I mean, they did that very well as well. Um, but amazing writing. Um, they did such a wonderful job with the story. I feel like every scene was important. I never felt like anything was out of place. I've never felt like anything didn't make sense. I also never felt like I was bored when a, when any one scene was on. I, I feel like I was on the edge of my seat every scene, you know? I mean, you would think it was like, oh, there's some kind of, you know, pointless scene just there for a PPL. No, I don't think that was the case. Like, I think they did product placement beautifully. Um, I had to shout out another... Um, I'm sorry, the best drama of 2021 run on. <laughs> they did a wonderful product placement with Dyson. I mean, seamless, smooth. I didn't even know they were doing Dyson product placement, but it was so well done. Uh, but yeah, this drama, like in that case, like I feel like there are some dramas I've watched, specifically Netflix dramas where they have product placement scenes. Like the entire scene is revolving around that product placement and it makes no sense to the rest of the drama. It was just there to do the show off the product. And once it's gone, you're like, why did I just watch that scene? I don't want to give any shout outs to any drama, but there are a few that I've watched recently, especially on Netflix, where product placement has scenes have gotten out of hand. Um, but either way, I'm sorry, that is off, off topic. This drama was crafted to a T is basically what I'm trying to say. It was its own little piece of artwork. I feel like the writer and the director and whoever else was on board and making this drama, they put the pieces together and they built this thing. And when they revealed it to us, it was a beautiful uh, piece of work um, that they can be very proud of. So yeah, I enjoyed this drama. If you can't tell, uh, I also want to give a shout out to the young actor who played Hajun in my uh, midpoint review. I shouted him out and said he understood the assignment. And I have to say that again, he absolutely did. He was, um, he provided for me all of my teary um, eyed moments, <laughs> if that makes sense. All the moments where I got a little emotional, got a little couple tears in my eyes. It was in his scenes. And he brought that um, kind of tender, moving, touching moments to the drama. And I was grateful for that. I felt like that was very heavy lifting too for a child actor, but he lifted it. He carried those scenes. And I am so, so, so happy that I, you know, saw him in this drama because now I'm going to keep an eye on him. Um, I, I love seeing new actors coming up, you know, up and coming 
I got You got to keep an eye out for him. He's I'm, I'm pegging it right now. He is one to watch. Uh, but yes, I absolutely adored him. And I want to give him a shout out. Um, what is his real name? I want to give him a shout out, a full shout out. Um, his character was um, Han Ha-Joon. And he's played by the actor Jung Hyun-Joon. So yes look out for him in the future because I think he's going to be a little star. Um, but yeah, everyone else, amazing performances. Even these male characters that I say are trash, the actors did amazing <laughs> playing trash. <laughs> As in, they did a great job of making those characters um, very, just, just just unlikable, man. Ugh, they were very unlikable. But they also just really played their parts. Their roles were spectacular um, at the same time. And Obviously, the, our female protagonist stars, absolute stars. <sighs> Such a great decision to have watched this drama. And I have to shout out my K-drama watching friend who listens to my podcast and was uh, was the one to motivate me to watch this drama officially because I had put it out there in the atmosphere in one of my ramblings um, with Lola episodes and I was like I'm thinking about mine does anyone know you know have they started it what do they think should I check it out kind of thing and she reached out to me and she pushed me and she said hey I'm watching mine and it, it is good so far so I was like that's all I needed because I trust her <laughs> so I started watching it and it was the best decision um really had fun watching this drama and that sounds weird but it was exciting I'm gonna miss the excitement every weekend um with this drama I, I'm sad that it's gone, <laughs> but I'm so glad that I watched it. And I highly recommend it to those who love um, soap opera-esque storylines. They like a little melodrama. They can handle makjang um, drama storylines as well. You will love this because it's all of that with but in 16 episodes. So you don't have to have that long drawn out kind of um, drama. It's, it, it's twists and turns back to 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 back. So you're, you, it keeps moving. So it's very fun. It keeps you on your toes um, on the, at the edge of your seat. And I highly recommend it to those who like those things. If you do not like those things, then I will not recommend that to you. It's not for everyone. I will say that as well. But overall, beautiful drama, highly recommended. 10 out of 10. For me, at least, I definitely am giving it a 10 out of 10. Because I had fun. I had so much fun. And I feel like I could dock it, but it would be just to say that nothing's perfect. <laughs> and this drama is not perfect. Let me also say that. But in my eyes, it was such a blast um, watching it that it was a 10 out of 10 for me. Again, not necessarily a perfect drama. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is all I really have for you all. I'm so 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 glad that I got to even record this episode to let people know this my final thoughts of this drama I'm sure I put a lot more on it than it was really supposed to be on it but it was a really good drama and I feel like that they did put a lot of things in there so maybe going back and doing another watch you might even find even more meaningful things in this story so great drama highly highly recommend it to those who don't mind the mess because <laughs> I can like I like some mess sometimes um, but yeah so that's that's all for this episode um, I want to thank you so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening I hope you have a great day so everyone it's been real Lola's off